This is the Grouse House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the footy with Broden Kelly, the Wednesday having a chat with a friend's edition. I wanted to get someone on who makes a footy podcast and has been doing it for a long time, longer than us. Get him some advice on that. He's also a diehard Saints fan. He's also a very good mate, Charlie Clawson. So this is a fun one. I really enjoy it, especially if you like 2000s Saints and St Kilda. <laughs> um, bounce. Lepil. Our guest this week, one of the pioneers of comedy. <laughs> um, but more particularly, football comedy. He hosts, he's a co-host of, I'd say one of the best, not just football, not just football, but sporting podcasts in Australia. Two Guys, One Cup, which is part of the TOFOP network, um, which is uh, Charlie and Will Anderson from those shows where he puts his name in it. You know, Will, mm. the Gruen transfer, mm. your childhood, yep. Glass House. Mm-hmm. And uh, this gentleman uh, was on Home... I didn't know because I never watched Home and Away, but right. I just looked you up on IMDb and you were yeah. on Home and Away from, hang on, not 2012 to 2017 and you played yes. Zach Maguire. Yeah, son of Eddie Maguire. <laughs> Who has, the character has since gone on to get a cushy job at Channel 9. Um, please welcome Charlie Clawson. Let's go straight into that. Are you aware that his, his son is the full sports reporter in Melbourne now on, for Channel 9? Uh, no, I wasn't aware of that. I did do um, the rub or the, when Will was on at his breakfast or, you know, drive, morning drive show, whatever you call it. Yes. They got me on to talk about something and um, they introduced me as, oh, he plays Zach Maguire. And um, that was meant to be a bit of a ha-ha, funny throwaway, you know. But then Eddie got into a very serious discussion about the spelling of Maguire and where you'd be from. And I'm like, mate, I don't know. Like, I didn't pick the name. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds about right. So I was yeah. sitting at home a few weeks ago watching Channel 9 News as I do because I'm 65. Mm. And I'm mm. um, just taking in, oh, no, these youths have bashed this granny or whatever, you know, the, the usual Nine yeah. News. And then they throw to sport and it says Xander Maguire. Sports, and I just looked at the screen and I thought, What fresh hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a little digging, and turns out he got it on his own merit. No one knew, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, of course. Um, Charlie, thank you. We can't make this all about Eddie Maguire. Why not? Because it's not a Fairfax Channel 9 owned quantity oh, yeah, yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're doing. Sponsor. Have you guys got a sponsor yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, have you got a sponsor? No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's dismal. We've been doing this for like six years longer than you guys. I know. How do you keep the lights on up? So Charlie lives in the Northern Rivers, which is a yeah. huge Saints cesspool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie's a Saints fan, as you'll know from Two Guys One Cup. Have you ever met another AFL fan in the wild up there, or is it pretty cool? heaps? Yeah, heaps. Yeah, there's actually quite a few up here because there's a lot of expat. Melburnians, right. um, especially during COVID, fled to the Northern Rivers. Um, uh, but I had an incident last year, actually. It was funny where um, I was hanging out with my niece. She was visiting from WA and she said, oh, do you get recognised up here? And I said, oh, look, it's been a while since I've been on the telly, so not that much. And we were at the pub and this guy just walks up and he's like, hey, Charlie. And I turn around and he drops his pants <laughs> and he's got a St Kilda tattoo on his – oh, no, he's wearing his – He's got tattoos all over his body, but he's got St Kilda budgie smugglers on. And he's like, yeah, you know, go Saints and walks 
<laughs> so, I mean... Was it like, Goxie or Eric Banner? <laughs> it could only be one no, of the two. Well, I've become mates with him. His name's Tom. He actually he lives in the same town as me. And uh, we actually now message each other because it's like, you know, the only gay in the village. It's like yes. we're the only Saint supporters mm-hmm. in the Northern Rivers. So we've talked about, you know, watching a game together. We'll, I was going to go to... Um, Heritage Bank Stadium to watch the Suns and the Saints because it's only like a 45-minute drive. Mm, but yes. I'm very glad. Tom, in fact, I'm, I'm really keen to talk to you at some point about – because I feel like the Suns are my second team. I genuinely love the Suns and I love Stuart Jew and I was heartbroken by what happened. But I don't know I have enough room in my life for another disappointing <laughs> football team. <laughs> you know, it's like, a sure thing, Charlie. Take this to uh, the bank. Like this is invest – put all your savings in Zoom – at the start of 2020 kind of investment, yeah. you know what I mean? So this is like Brisbane Lions in 2000, like, 19, like when they merged with Fitzroy. This exactly. is getting in the ground The take floor. I'm about to give you is the hottest take you're ever going to get. Damien Hardwick will be coaching that team. Oh, is that a hot take, man? I think like I'm telling you like, but this is the thing. It's a hot take when I say it's definitely going to happen. Like I've already committed that I'm going to eat a hat hmm. if he doesn't. I'm willing to go further and just say, like, um, I'll do something very drastic. But I'm so certain that he's going to do it. So I think get on there, get a membership. I don't know if you know, Charlie, I just bought a GWS membership. We're on the expansion team bandwagon. Yeah, here. no, you mentioned to me this uh, in private before, like that I should get on because the grand final privileges and all that, which makes a lot of sense. And my daughter, who's three and a half and doesn't really have an interest in football but has an interest in colourful things, she's aboard the Suns. Yes. Like we've watched a bit of footy together and like she's talked about the Suns. I was going to take her to that game, that her, the, the game a couple of weeks ago, but I'm really glad I didn't. No. She doesn't need to see She would prefer to go and see Barbie, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, she would actually. Have you seen Barbie? Not yet, no. It's great. No. It's really good. I'm sure it would. And it if you take good. your daughter, it'll be a memory she'll have forever. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, just some father advice there is take Poor your, memory. Yeah, or, or Oppenheimer by mistake. <laughs> just walk into the wrong thing <laughs> and see a uh, three-hour expose on the on the evolution of neuro- The nuclear Nuclear, bomb. yeah. Um, we're talking about two guys, one cup. It is, um, I listened to it for years and years and years and years and still do. And I messaged Charlie at the start of this year and said, we were thinking of doing one. What's your advice? He said, just bloody do it. It's fun. Mm. Yeah, what's this? But I wanted to get into a bit more detail of how you started. What was, this, what was the reason? That was a dead-on impression of me, by the way. Well, you do. You go like that a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was in Wolfram. It's not like Mark Wahlberg or something. Yeah. What's hey, going on? What are you doing? What's going on? How do you mother for me? <laughs> what, was the, what was the inception? When was Who uh, came up with it? What oh, was well, because obviously – well, we'd been doing TOEFOP for uh, six years at that point. Mm-hmm. And we used to spend quite a large portion of TOEFOP during football season talking about football. And our audience very quickly let us know that they did not like that. <laughs> There's a lot of people who listen to TOEFOP who do not give a fuck about football. Um, and so we said, okay, well, we'll just we'll create a separate podcast for that. And the whole... You know, I mean, Will and I, we're good at making shows, not very good at naming them. Tofop being a primary example and Two Guys, One Cup probably being <laughs> the, the other example. One. I mean, probably why we can't get a sponsor is that the name of our show references one of the most infamous black porn videos of all time. <laughs> yes. Um, but we, when we started at the – because Will and I loved watching footy together, loved talking about footy, but the thing we had in common was both our clubs were historically unsuccessful, one premiership each at that point. And so – 
in our wisdom, we thought, oh, we'll do this show, which is about barracking for teams that suck. And, you know, and that was the idea behind the show. Then in the very first year that we do the show, the Bulldogs go on <laughs> to win the flag and completely torpedo the entire premise. Yeah, was it the first year? The very first year we did the show. Oh, my God. And I've got to say, like, and Tom, maybe you'll be able to identify with this in a few years, but it kind of sucks doing a footy podcast when one of you has a team that does pretty well <laughs> and the other one has a team that sucks most of the time, mm. which has been predominantly, apart from 2020, I've like really had to find the energy to talk about football some weeks because it sucks mm. when your team is no good and then you have to talk about it the following weekend. And so are we, are we, so it's been seven years now? Seven years of Two Guys, One Cup. So what's it like covering football for seven years? Because often I hear... When I, I, I don't know, if, this might surprise you, Charlie. I listen to SEN a lot. And oh, yeah. I, um, I do too. I, I actually, I don't listen because I'm up here, but I will, the YouTube highlights mm. is often playing. Well, I'm, I'm excited to let you know, Charlie, that um, our Lord and Saviour, Craig Hutchison, has made mm. SEN not only a national uh, uh, offering, but now an international offering, this SENZ. Oh, really? Oh my god! There's SENQ. Is there really? There really is. I did not know. You can go on the SEN app, which I think everyone should have, and listen to SEN. I mean, my favourite thing about visiting when I go back to Melbourne, if I get a rental car, the first thing I do is put in, you know, one one triple one six. Yeah, beautiful like, station. And 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 I'm like, how does this station still sound so awful? <laughs> like, what is the point of like what? It's like the AM. Why do we still have AM? It sounds yeah. terrible. It's like you're listening to it through a tin can on one speaker. Yeah, it's, so. yeah, it's truly because people have old cars. Yeah, Hachi can't yeah. be bothered. He's pushing everyone to the app now. That's the big thing. Listen yep. on the app. Listen on the right. app. The app, and if you listen to SEN on digital radio, you're like, I do not. This feels very wrong, yeah, and I do does. not like listening to <laughs> Dwayne Russell in pristine, clear, beautiful, high def. Is just wrong. Weird. It would seem weird. So uh, the other day, they, uh, when I got in the car, it was Jared Waitley handing over at eleven or to, at midday to Dwayne Russell, mm. Mm. and they talked about the Barbie movie for about ten minutes. <laughs> um, Dwayne Russell had seen it the night before, and Jared was curious as to what the approach was, and I think <laughs> of, of Greta Gerwig, and I it's the best ten minutes of radio I've ever heard in my life. Because I sort of it's got that sort of a feminist approach to it. I want to know exactly why there is it a toy movie or it's the best. I can only imagine the death threat texts they were receiving at that point in time. I remember listening to SEN back in like 2007 when the Simpsons movie came out. <laughs> And they got, I can't remember her name, they got some, like, netballer on to review the Simpsons movie. <laughs> and, like, she just kept saying, oh, and then Homer does this. It was just classic Homer. And then Bart does that. <laughs> classic Bart. And then, and then Marge does, classic Marge. <laughs> well, that, that movie is really, you know, it is classic all of them, really. They <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay, you're seven years in. Yeah. What's it like? Do you, do you still like it? Are you over it? Do you feel like it's uh, something you have to do now or do you like how is it what's changed? I I what's changed is that we we moved over to Lister and with the full production support of a professional, you know, like audio streaming service, mm. we're able to do more because it used to just be, you know, I'd cut them and all all that kind of stuff, but now we just record the show and palm it off and then someone else puts it together which 
is much more enjoyable because I can watch 360 or listen to SEN, see something ridiculous that's being said and then message my producer and say, hey, can we grab that mm. for the show? You've got the best in the business. You've got Mike Liberale, is that how you say it? Mike that? Liberale, yeah, in his bigger year of footy. Mike, who uh, is a, a dormant Bombers supporter but has really got into it this year because we basically bullied him into doing <laughs> it, which I felt terrible about because I don't know if the Bombers are going to play finals this year. So, but no, I, so that's made it more enjoyable. The show has changed. Like we, I think we started off – we used to talk about results and we'd, you know, read the scores out and stuff. And after about like six weeks, we're like, what are we doing? Like we're not experts. Yes. Like, and then it evolved into, well, what do we want to talk about? And I think that's where we – that's why we say we're a footy-adjacent podcast yeah. because we sort of – it's more the – it's more the, 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 the vibe <laughs> of football. Like I think we, we could easily do – like 40 minutes on David King mm. yes. rather than talking about, you know, why Collingwood is such a good football team because, I mean, Broden, you, you, we've talked about this. Like how much do you love Kingy? Like, oh, he's the – I actually I just, you had a run into it, just, with him at the boxing and it was the most what? full-on thing I've ever experienced in my life. But, I don't um, think you mean? told this story. No. But this is recent. Yeah, I went to the boxing. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but I did. It was through Foxtel. Yeah. Got interviewed by KO, which was awkward. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then um, Kingy just sort of showed up and just sat next to me and well, my the, Max was in between us and mm. they knew each other and he has the chest and barrel of like a submarine. Yeah. Would be yeah. this close, like just this barrel of a man. Mm. And he started cracking jokes and he was really on it. And I was like, I've done comedy for a while and sometimes I feel a bit like, oh, I can't. I can't keep up with this comedian. Like mm. they're just so quick and sharp and, you know, just bring such an energy. I felt that with Kingy. Right. Yeah, right. He was just had this real – and I'm like, I'm – he doesn't do comedy. Mm. The man sits in front of like a, a, a Lenovo <laughs> on Fox footy and just throws out – spews out stats. So is he really clever then, you reckon? Like genuinely? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> he's got – there's something about him. He's an alpha male. He's got that kind mm. of big dog alpha male energy and – like, you know, Broden, we've talked about this, that like how to nail the kingy because I've been trying yeah. for mm. ages oh, yeah. to get my kingy down. And it's like, you know, I think <laughs> when I got it, I was actually, when I sent you that voice memo, I was actually riding my bike home from the gym. Charlie and I, and I like to send us voice messages of us pretending to be David <laughs> King to each other. Yeah. And I, I was breathless and kind of like my throat was a bit dry and I just, I dropped into kingy. And it's, he has yeah. this, it's kind of this yeah. like, um, it's this breathless outrage about everything, yeah. you know, like you got to protect their head. I mean, look at this guy, goes in head first, ridiculous. You know, his yeah. teammates are saying, how good's this? You know, it's bingo night. And it's like, what is this <laughs> analogy yeah. you're using? I think – It's just everything is urgent with him in the way he yeah. expresses stuff. I was, I was I adamant with you. So fascinating. You're approaching it from a different angle to me. My approach was you need the full text. Like I can't make up his text. Mm, it's hard yeah. to riff on. So like – but like what if someone's done something – I think if he had his chance, he wouldn't do it. I think he'd say. <laughs> and then he likes to like go back and say what he would say in the moment. So it's often like, Collingwood, they don't like their coach. I go, guys, we're at this position. We're doing that. Yeah. How about we just call a year? Although he does yeah. like, he, he go like, and just makes everything seems like it can be solved in a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah, totally. he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you've had a run in the four line, not working, come back. <laughs> yeah. But look, but he also does these definitive statements. Like you watch him, he'll run highlights of like a team that's, you know, not covering ground. He's like, 
look at this, fraudulent. They're not running hard enough. And they're just saying, and look at the opposition. How good's this? He's just won lotto. And it's just like, it's just this, it's just these definitive statements, but with, with this breathless kind of outrage. And it's just like, I just, I love him. Like, I reckon I could listen to him and Waitley. Like, if that was a three-hour show, mm. I could listen to that for forever. Mm. Him and Fireball Friday, Kane Corns Friday morning is also a good one. Fireball Friday. Uh, the, when him and Kane went head to head over the Jason Horn Francis thing. Mm. Yeah. So great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was manna from heaven. Yes, beautiful stuff. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad you still, I'm, st- I'm glad it's, it's it, you've found the way to continue it forever, which is nice. I think, and you, yeah. and you will do it forever. Let's talk about mm. the team you go for. Mm. <laughs> Uh, St Kilda Football Club. Two weeks in a row, you've had a St Kilda supporter on. This is like some outreach program. Yes, we had Goxie. <laughs> yes, we had Goxie. We put in Brody Meyercheck and Max Lynch in between you guys, so actual football players <laughs> yeah. um, to, to split you up. But then also, I think you do as a team bat above your average for cool supporters, mm. right? Like, um, yeah. Pick a. I guess like the St Kilda, the neighbourhood itself. You know, like it's just uh, it's always been a hub of bohe. Well, before it got gentrified, but yes. bohemians and artists and and that kind of stuff. You, you, it's and like that the day that when the Bulldogs were in the grand final, and you're like, well, who goes for the Bulldogs? It's mm. just Will Anderson. It's yeah, and, and no, Julia Gillard, Julia like and Mark Seymour. From yeah. Hunters and Collectors. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then and Shane Delia. And then the, all of the a sudden, chef. on grand final day, Thor's walking around with a Bulldogs Guernsey. And all of a sudden, they're just like, well, now they're the coolest. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think he was a legit Bulldogs. Yeah. Like, because I remember, he, I think it's Chris Hemsworth's dad played like reserves for the Bulldogs. Right. And I do remember like in being in LA in like the late 2000s and Will was. He was writing for GQ at the time, like he'd interview other celebs. Right. And he interviewed Hensworth just after Thor came out and they bonded over the fact that they were both Bulldog supporters. <laughs> so I think he's a legitimate I believe he is. Bulldogs fan. Uh, the, the, they come out of the woodwork in the premierships. Mm. Like all of a sudden you start oh, yeah. seeing everyone. There's that famous footage of Banner on grand final day just sitting there oh. at the front of the president's function just stressing out of his mind. <sighs> um, yeah. What were we talking about? You go for St Kilda. Um, you, and you do. Yeah. You bat above your average with your fan base. Mm. Can, I'm yeah. going to give you a very broad, open question, which I sent okay. to you earlier, so I hope you've done your homework. <laughs> I know I you have do. children I've, and a I've life. Ri- and I've, stuff. I've written notes. <laughs> He's written notes, good. What is St Kilda? Uh, the, the, the place or the football club? The football club or the, the suburb? <laughs> this is um, up to the essay writer. All right. Okay. Well, here's what – so it was our, it's our 150 anniversary this year, right? And sure. so – um, that uh, surprised a lot of people <laughs> because <laughs> how can – I think technically we are the most unsuccessful club in the world when it comes to like a professional sporting organisation that's been around for that long that St Kilda is up there with like the most unsuccessful, which is bizarre because, yeah, we're a small club but we still have close to 60,000 yeah. members, which is like more than the Bulldogs, mm. which is more than Port Adelaide, which is more than like a lot of other clubs. Totally. Um, so the analogy that I've heard and that I've since adopted is that St Kilda is like a dysfunctional member of your own family. It's like if you have a brother or an uncle who's just a fuck up, he's always borrowing money, looks like they're going to get their shit together, but then they fuck up. Yep. And the thing about that is you can criticise them and you can say, you're a fuck up, you let me down all the time. But the minute someone else says that, you're like, fuck you, that's my brother. <laughs> so yeah, totally. I think that's the St Kilda Football Club is we we have a lot of affection for – 
their flaws yes. as well as the rare successes. Like, you know, and I think we've been unlucky too. Mm -hmm. Like the grand finals that we've lost oh, yeah. have all, there's always been weird things that have happened, like the draw, like the bounce, like the toe poke. In, in 71, you know, Peter Hudson, we were four goals up at three-quarter time. And so there is this kind of sense that when you barrack for the Saints, like you can't just, it's not just about wins and losses. I mean, you pull your hair out. Mm. It's about it's about backing long odds. It's about going for Rocky Balboa. It's a, it, you know, it's the underdog. That is the attractive thing about it. And I've tried to leave. Like this, Broden, when I was six years old, I switched to the Demons <laughs> yeah. for about two weeks oh, because I love the 80s logo when you had the, the actual Satan with a little beard one. and stuff. It was a cool logo. Um, but my family disowned me. Like they, they <laughs> pressured me into, you know, coming back. Um, I don't know that I would have been that much happier apart from like, you know, two years ago. Yeah, to be no, exactly. like, it feels it like the, the exact same situation, but a bit more, <laughs> same more rich fans around you. But I, yeah, it, it's hard to describe. I think it's that. And I think a lot of Saints supporters have like great, like a great sense of humor. Yes. Like when you talk to Saints supporters, like I remember there was a game three years ago where, so we'd made finals in 2020, we'd won one, a lot of expectation the following year, and we just couldn't get our shit together. And there was a game against Geelong in which we were all over them in the first quarter and we kicked like one goal eight. Mm -hmm. Like it was insane. They were missing goals from everywhere and directly in front from, you know, 30 metres out, slight angle. We just couldn't kick them. Mm. And then Geelong, of course, overrun us. And me and my friend Nick, who I always go to the footy with when I'm in Melbourne, he's a died in the wall Saints supporter, we went home in his days and we sat at his place and we just talked about like what the fuck happened? Like could we just not win that game? <laughs> and we decided to watch the replay. And so we had a couple of drinks and we watched the replay and we were laughing like, oh, my God, he missed that. And then he missed that. And it was like – and then there was this real sombre moment at the end of the first quarter where Nick just sort of stopped the replay and he looked at me and he's gone, have you seen um, uh, The Good Place? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Why? And it's like, oh, because the whole Sambit setup is you think you're in heaven, you think you're in heaven. And then the twist is they're actually in hell. He's gone – I think we're in hell. <laughs> I think you and I are in hell. That we have, we think we're following this team that one day will reward us, but they won't. It'll just always be this. We're in hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, the, and then you've got the AFL. Ross Lyon confirmed is is actively going out of their way to make the ball slipperier. Than, um, okay, the, the, I think you've just beautifully captured. When I go to Marvel, and I try not mm. to, but when I go to Marvel, and I see. The Saints fan base—they are a unique. They are a unique DNA. They're they're similar to others, but there's no one who's exactly the same. And I think what you're talking about when you say people who back the long odds—that's a really really nice way to put it. Because, yeah, you have Hollywood superstars, you have cool people like yourself, you have, but then there's you just have. I feel like whenever I go to Marvel, there's a lot of like just giant muscle heads in Saints. Like everyone's there, like. <laughs> And it's about it's it's a it's a almost for the people who stay with a team that hasn't won a flag in their lifetime. There has to be something that's drawing you there as well. And I'll, I'll what I want to bounce off of that and say is, I think you can tell a lot about a club by mm. what their old fans look like. Oh, so when okay. you go to a game and you see a 60-year-old Carlton supporter, what do they look like? That can that usually yeah. capture. But when I see old Saints fans, they're quite they're trend they're the trendy older grey-haired person. Yeah, really. So like That's interesting. I'm seeing when I see a Saints person, they're the old 1970s bomber jacket they've been wearing since and they've had for every game, <laughs> some sort of fun hat. 
there's like a real <laughs> it's the it's the Molly Meldrum element of it, you know? Like uh, yeah. it's the I remember in um year 9 we had a my creative writing and then like and then English lit teacher, really cool guy called Mr. Mac. Mm-hmm. Um and he used to yeah, he was very he was a Saints fan. Yeah. It's there you bat above your average in cool older fans and I think that's a huge metric. You know why I think that is? Is because we were the party club for a long time. So all those people you're seeing now, they were in the 70s and 80s. It was like, you know, Studio 54, yes. the Saints disco. Like that's – it's legendary like what would go on there. Like we were more interested in getting the game done so we could just go party. <laughs> is, as a, in a Moorabbin kind of way or a St Kilda kind yeah, of way? Yeah, yeah. I used to go there as a kid as well. Like, you know, I was, I've been a member forever and, and so after a game you'd go up to the social – this is the old Moorabbin stand obviously. Mm. You'd go up into the social club and it was just – on like you'd see players up there they would shower as quickly as they could to get up to the social club (laughs) to get on the Bundys and Cokes when I was 11 years old we beat Hawthorne for the first time in I don't know like 12 years in 91 I think it was and I they would have a raffle after the game where you could win a player's jumper and I won and I won Rob Harvey's jumper and I remember like going on stage and Rob presented it to me I've still got it it's just hang on give me one yeah please show us (laughs) and he never came back (laughs) Oh wow! Yeah, beautiful. That's that's. Do you ever wear that? Uh yeah. I mean, it's very moth-eaten, yeah. stained and stuff. Mm. But there, you can see Rob Harvey's signature on the can back. Can you turn it that's around? Old. Yes. I want that. See that? Mm. I think you also have one of the great old woolen jumpers. Yeah. Something about yeah, the, an old the Saints one. Saint stuff looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I don't mind a but, D's yeah. one. I don't mind. But I think I, I think the Saints one. Like that look, that's a that's outstanding looking. Mm. Yeah, it's great, and it's a long sleeve too, so you can genuinely wear it on a cold winter's day. And that woolen with the red—I mean, how great's that? It's awesome. The itch of that—I can feel the itch of that on me, <laughs> and the just the <laughs> awful unpleasantness. When we were kids, and this makes me genuinely aged, we used to have to play. I don't. Did you play footy, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was a dour defender. Never, not not the fastest or the most skilled. Yeah. But geez, you know, I could bloody, I could bloody, I could bloody run all day. <laughs> That's what a bloody run all day, Charlie. They called him. Um, <laughs> those itchy jumpers were mm. just not like how? Why they were awful? Yeah, Maybe I had awful. supple, beautiful skin. No, no, no. But they were awful, and and the probably the reason I was no good at football. I could have been a star if they'd had the the uh, the nice ones by them. Gore-Tex. <laughs> yeah, whatever they wear now. How much is St Kilda the club connected to St Kilda the place? Um, not much, so much anymore. Like Morabin's really the heartland, and that what I think they came out this year and they said they want to own they want to own the peninsula, they want to own Bayside, which I think is a smart strategy because a lot of Saint supporters are sort of dotted along from you know Frankston up to you know St Kilda. Because the, the, the um, home ground now is RSCA Park is practically in. Wilson's promontory, right. isn't it? Uh, no, 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 no. So that was a disaster. That we moved to Seaford in like 2011 or 2010, mm. I think, because yeah. um, they were go- they were negotiating with the council in Morabin to redevelop, and then there was a dispute over something. And um, Archie Fraser, who was our COO at the time, just said, "Fuck yeah, we're gonna go- we're gonna move to Seaford." I never went to the Seaford training facilities, but apparently it was literally, it was like a 45, maybe an hour drive from the city. 
and there was nothing around it. It was an industrial estate that just had a footy oval. Mm. And so the players had gone from training at Moorabbin where they could pop down to Beaumaris or yeah. Brighton, Church Street, Brighton, and grab a coffee and some lunch. The only place they could eat was a subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like something called like you delicious hear the, chicks you hear where like, you get chicken and chips or something, I mean. <laughs> yeah. You hear sort of like, you know, Joey Montagna or Nick Revolt talk about it and they were like, that's what actually tore the heart out of the club is we went away from the heartland. So coming back to Moorabbin – there's actually been a yeah. huge deal. Mm. And so I think like at Ackland, there's certain – Ackland Street, there are certain stores which have like St Kilda memorabilia, mm-hmm. you know, those European cake stores mm-hmm. and Love stuff on, on Ackland Street. But I remember in like 2009 and 2010 and even in 97 because I've been to all the grand finals, St Kilda does – like the suburb does – pull out the colours and, you know, people start hanging like the St Kilda Town Hall, the pillars, they'll, they'll do that. hang the flags and stuff like that. So there is some connection, but it's really more Moorabbin now. Okay. Well, the question I put to you was um, mm. the top eight things about St Kilda, the place. Yeah. All right. Let me open my notebook. Oh, beautiful. I, <laughs> I made so I, let me just preface this by saying, look, I'm a big fan of the footy with uh, Broden, Kelly and, and Tom. Yes. <laughs> When, Tom, when are you getting your name in the title? Like you, should, you should lobby for that. So when you when you guys did your Fox Footy theme remix, I've got to say, like I had I had never really thought about how great that theme was until you guys talked about it every week. <laughs> and now like I have it saved on my YouTube favourites oh, and good. I listen to it quite often because the orchestral version, the full length is amazing and I love the remix. Yeah. But when you were – I was getting so into your segment that I sent in, the, you know, my suggestion, which was like this breakbeat from like 90s R&B. <laughs> and I was so humiliated by how out of date and how out of touch I was with not only you guys but your audience. I was like, oh, my God, breakbeat. why did I send that in? Breakbeat. It was so embarrassing. But then we were to, we put – half of it is dubstep. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I know. But <laughs> I thought it worked so out let, that's a, I, I say all of that is a long way of saying these references are all going to be out of date because I <laughs> have not lived in Melbourne – since 2009. That's um, what I, I want. I have not lived in <laughs> – yeah, okay. But I did live in St Kilda. I grew up Bayside. I lived in St Kilda for a number of years. So this is gonna I'm going to take you through on Secret Life of Us favorite. Energy, yeah? Mm. 100% oh, the Secret good. Life. Well, well, let's start there. Okay, great. All right. Let's start with the vineyard, which is um, uh, uh, where – Secret Life of Us, it wasn't shot there, but that's where their hangout was based on the vineyard. Uh, in St Kilda. Right. So for people not from Melbourne, next to Luna Park, there's a big sort of Luna grassed area and there's this beautiful old kind of, it was like, a, I don't know, it was like a restaurant that they converted into like a cool dive bar with like lounges and like a bistro <laughs> area and stuff. And in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was legitimately the coolest place to be. And the weird part was when they were shooting Secret Life of Us, all the cast who were in the show lived in St Kilda and they would often go for drinks <laughs> at the vineyard. So you could watch The Secret Life of Us and then walk out of your apartment on Ackland Street, walk see across Deborah the vineyard Mailman. and see <laughs> Joel Edgerton Claudia and Claudia Carvin, Carvin like, working out their issues <laughs> at the bar at the vineyard. Let's take a step back, right? So like yeah. for people who are old um, like me and even older like Charlie, there's mm. a show called Secret Life of Us on Channel. This isn't a different time, right? Yeah. So it's, it, it was the king of the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, early 2000s. Theme song by Motor Race. Yes. Like you right. don't get more. 90s I put that, than that into my uh, into my Spotify hit list because I'm rewatching it through on Netflix, <laughs> and it is this this. Well, firstly, it was they made like four or five seasons of this show, and you go, well, that's not mm. that. It mustn't have been that big. It was mm. four or five seasons. Every season had like 24 episodes, yeah, one hour episodes. Wow. Funded in Australia. 
that was and was watched by millions yeah. of people, like grand final numbers people. And it was just a drama about young middle class people. One was a writer, one was a doctor, plumber, plumber mm-hmm. and they'd all just root. Yeah. And yeah. um it was the most, it's the biggest, like when you think 2000s in Australia, particularly in Melbourne, I've got the Waifs, John Butler, I've got like- um, Pete, John Butler's from WA. Yeah, though. but I'm seeing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting oh, yeah. it. Everyone's going to oh, London yeah. to live for a bit. Um, oh, yeah. It's uh, Rove. Yeah. It's, uh, but secret, <laughs> like, it's, it's so aspirational for like a generation who are now about 40 or maybe a bit over 40, this show. Just to give a bit of context. Yeah. So the vineyard, like that's, you know, my wife and I, that's where we used to hang out all the time. She had an apartment just in like a two-minute walk from the vineyard. We knew the staff there. It was a great Sunday session place to hang out because people would spill out. If it was a warm day, you'd spill out onto the grass and stuff. And so I don't know if it's even still around. I mean, nothing stays cool forever. But It's it's funny, right, because you talk about what you do when you're in your – You'd say it's a place you go out when you're in your 20s, yeah? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I don't, and this is could just be my north side bias, but I can't think of anyone in our generation or lower who would go out in St Kilda. Mm. It's just yeah. not a thing anymore. And then like the, we were just at the back end of Chapel Street being a place that people yeah. would have their birthdays. And the back yeah. end of the ESPY as well. Yeah, just the as the ESPY yeah. started to die, we still just started going out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've noticed that myself. Like when I go back to Melbourne now, I was always a south of the Yarra kind of guy, mm. Bayside for life. Um, but now, when I go to Melbourne, it's like it's dull. Mm. Like I love north of the Yarra heaps more. There's uh, what are we? We got a Cold Rock. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. No. That, that's so. Like whenever I go to St Kilda, what what tends to happen is that a place becomes cool. Young people go there, and then old people buy the. And move yeah. in, and then it move, and then the old Dave Hughes buys an apartment, yeah. block and then we're, and we're then, out of here, <laughs> and they're all fucked. We're out of here. Uh, that's, that's Dave it. Hughes is responsible for the housing crisis. Yeah. I've been saying, saying that for years. We can't definitively say he's not. <laughs> didn't he buy a blockhouse once? That's what I'm saying. That yeah. was the. Block. I, I thought he bought the whole. Didn't he buy a whole block? Jesus. Or maybe I misunderstood the headline. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Great. Okay, that's one. All right, Vineyard. Okay. Um, uh, So Joey's. Now, this is another old reference. So you've got to remember. (laughs) No, no, it's true. On Fitzroy Street, Joey's. Now, you've got to remember for all you youngsters out there, St Kilda used to be like that was the King's Cross of Melbourne. It was a red light district. Mm. It was if you wanted to go out for trouble – you headed to St Kilda through the like right up until the sort of late nineties. Mm. It was it was an it was a dangerous place to be. So as a fifteen year old, I was working as a kitchen hand, and it was New Year's Eve, and the older boys were like, "Do you want to come out with us?" And I'm like, oh, "I won't be able to get in." It's like, "Oh, mate, we'll get you into this nightclub called Joey's." So Joey's was notorious for just being like criminals and drug dealers, and but it was open all night. And I remember like I went there, probably had my first kind of, you know, drink at a mm. nightclub. They got me in somehow. And then as I, I got like it was like two in the morning, I was waiting for a taxi and I remember two like middle-aged sex workers <laughs> came over to try and like get some business, tried to pick me. I didn't realise. I thought they were just Hello. like kindly <laughs> ladies. They looked like about the same age as my mum. <laughs> they were like, oh, you know, do you need some help? Can we take you somewhere? And while that's going on, a fight breaks out at the front of Joey's and the bouncer from Joey's picks up this guy, I'll never forget it, picks him up like, 
you know when you sort of throw, pull a jumper over a guy's head, NFL style, yeah. uh, like NHL style. So he pulls the jumper over the guy's head, picks him up under the shoulders, and throws him through a shop window, <laughs> like an Jesus. like an eighties action film. Just throws this guy through a window. And I remember being like, I will never leave the house again. This is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my entire Can life. I just, but that was Joel's. Just on sex work, you brought up something I really wanted to uh, talk to you about, is you were in a TV yeah. show, my favourite TV show when I was 15. Oh, satisfaction. Yes. <laughs> so um, in the, Foxtel started to make premium dramas for about three or four years in Australia and yeah. we're the home of premium dramas. They're kind of trying to do it again now with yeah. Binge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they made a show that was about a sex worker shop. What would you call it? Like yeah. a brothel? A brothel um, sex worker shop. I don't know. <laughs> sex worker shop. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it had Peter Sargent in it. It was an actor. In, yeah. And um, who else? Uh, Alison White. Dinah Glenn. Dinah Glenn. And I loved that show. Were you a customer? Yeah. I was a customer. I play, I, I think in the, whatever the latter seasons were, I was a customer. The funny thing about that, is that was like my first ever sex scene that I ever had to do and it was like full really? nude, weird, you know, weird vibe. Um, just recently I've just been filming this other drama um, Getaway. in Sydney. And <laughs> no, not Getaway. He hosts Getaway. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's the first sex scene I've had to do in since, since Satisfaction and then – I looked at the crew list and I saw the producer's name. It's the same producer. <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't around. asked him, but I was like, I wonder if in the back yeah. of his, I, I even think the characters have the same name. Yeah. He's like, they're both, got, they're like, both called Paul. Get Charlie back. Oh, yeah. Charlie. We need an ass. Yeah, get that Who do we go to? Sweet Charlie bum. <laughs> um, okay, great. That's enough satisfaction, chat. Um, All right. So that was Joey's. Okay. Next on, uh, next on my list is um, uh, the St Kilda Botanic Gardens. Okay. So, I didn't know they existed. I lived, uh, I lived in an apartment that overlooked the Botanic mm. Gardens. Gorgeous little lake there. Mm. Ducks is a little greenhouse, an atrium. It was also where most of the streetwalkers back in the late 90s would do business. Mm. So often, you know, um, I would be woken up by the sound of some kind of like pay dispute <laughs> <laughs> being had on the street. But also there was a little alleyway between the park and my apartment that I'd, I'd go down to get to the train to get to work. And the amount of times I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Why is there a car parked in the middle of the alleyway? And then I would see someone's head pop up from the passenger seat and I'd be like, oh, all right, someone's conducting business. In this <laughs> wow, alleyway. did I'll you just have like walking. a full like this is the adventures of Charlie like in St Kilda? This is fun. That was St Kilda. That was not unusual for St Kilda. Grey Street especially. It was just like, yeah, it was notorious for that. We well, must have been neighbours, Charlie. Because I oh, grew really? up in St Kilda too. Well, Alwood actually oh. on Tennyson yeah. Street. Is that a str- yeah Tennyson yeah. Street? That's exactly the same oh street. My God. Yeah, we were. That's where I grew up. He was a lad. Yeah, I was like yeah. six or seven at the time. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope you didn't go down those same alleyways. I were you aware of any of that stuff some- happening? No, there? I don't remember any of that at all. I remember my parents, um, my stepmother and father, got married in that botanical gardens. Oh, good. So, <laughs> oh, how romantic. Yeah. Surrounded by sex workers. <laughs> yeah. uh, great. Okay. It's funny. Every story is like, well, I want to tell you about this beautiful bar. And then, like, and then, yeah. and then I saw some guy getting gobbed off <laughs> at the end of every story. Um, okay, great. Uh, the next one is, uh, again, a relic from another time. Um, the best ever video store oh. uh, that ever existed was Video Vision on Carlisle Street, um, just near uh, Balaclava Station. So, Tom, you may remember mm. this, um, but I used to work at a video store. That's pretty much how, what I did all through uni. Practically Tarantino. And even though I worked at, uh, even though I worked at a video store, like I would leave 
movie land where I worked in Sandringham, jump on the train, get off at Balaclava, and I would go to Video Vision to rent videos because wow. they just – it was an independent video store and they had like – they had all the mainstream stuff but they had also lots of weird just cult movies and B movies and stuff and just strange like treats, you know. You get your standard chocolate bars mm. and popcorn but they would have like – Back in those days when before American chocolates were commonplace, like Hershey's oh, okay. Kisses and yeah, things like that. Um, That's awesome. And so I would I would spend a lot of time there just like, oh, cool, you know, I'm just going to, rather than use my stuff discount at Movie Land, I'm going to go to Video Vision the- and get some weird Argentine, <laughs> Dario Argento <laughs> horror film. That, that, that place would have been the absolute labour of love for someone. It would have been someone's life mm. life's work to make. Crushed by the advent of streaming. Yeah, just completely <laughs> destroyed. Do you know that um, Blockbuster was making a Netflix and uh, like they were making it and they were oh, doing really? better than Netflix and originally and then the, the CEO of Blockbuster was pushing like, this is what we need to do. There's this new DVD company pushing it and they had a their initial sort of online medium had a bigger subscriber base. Mm. They were both pushing in the same direction. and uh, That's fascinating. And then the board... Said no, no, no. Back to DVDs. Right. Too much expense. Not the right thing. So the CEO resigned, <laughs> and then the next day bought, put all his life savings in Netflix stock. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be like a, you know, like a, a biopic. It's going to be like a, but like a serious one, mm. like an Aaron Sorkin yeah. scribed biopic. It sounds like a story. They'll cast Matt Damon yeah. as the, <laughs> the visionary. Yeah. You know, unbelievable. Air two. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, what else? Oh, the best pizza shop. And I, I hope this place is still around. Again, on Carlisle Street. So I'll do my circuit. I'll get my, I'll get my treats and my videos from Video Vision. Then I'd walk back under the bridge at Carlisle. And do you know at Balaclava Station, on two instances, someone with, you know, a metal detector found large amounts of cash buried next to Balaclava Station? Like, I can't remember. It was in the late 90s. A guy found something like $200,000 in like a like a metal canister buried in the dirt next to Balaclava Station. And then three weeks later, another guy thought, well, maybe there's more. It was searched around and did and found like another $75,000 buried there. Like clearly some drug dealers, like no one's going to think to search Mm. the embankment next to Balaclava Station. I think it's the best name station. Balaclava is a great name for a state. But what's the pizza place called? Sounds threatening. The Quiet Earth Pizza next to Balaclava Station. What a cool name's going Um, around. They had a Mexican pizza, which was – I've never found any anything that even comes close where it was – I guess it was like nachos on a pizza. Mm. So it was like <laughs> the beans and the salsa and um, crushed up corn chips and, and guacamole and stuff and sour cream. They did this thing – you know, like the problem with putting – sort of avocado or sour cream on a pizza. It's like you don't want it to get warm. Mm. Like it shouldn't be warm. Yep. You still need it. Room temperature is fine. They must have just applied it at the very last minute because you would eat that slice of that pizza <clears> and the the avocado and, and the sour cream was always the right temperature. It was never too hot, didn't make anything too soggy. And then the corn chips on top, my God, I still think about that pizza to this Quiet day. Quiet Earth Cafe, permanently closed. Uh... <laughs> Due to Charlie Clawson moving his You hand. left the plug too late. You left the plug too late. It had three stars from two reviews on uh, wordofmouth.com.au, um, specialising in gourmet pizzas, great vibe, dead. Oh, my God. When did it say when? No, did I, can't, it, when it I can't find an obituary or anything. It's <laughs> oh, a bummer. That's sad. Anyway. I should write one. <laughs> um, okay. 
the Village Bell. Uh, so at the end of Ackland Street, um, on the corner of Barclay and Ackland Street, the Village Bell. It used to be the Big Yellow Pub. I don't know if it's still the same. But that is like one of my all-time favourite locals, open fireplace, your classic Melbourne pub oh, where it's freezing cold. On the weekend you go in, you can have like a cheap steak or a parma in the bistro and then sit in front of the fire and, you know, there's not intrusive amounts of gambling and, mm -hmm. and TVs. It's not like there's TVs everywhere. You can go to a corner of the bar to watch the TVs mm -hmm. or you can hang out with your friends at the lounge and then just the worst bottle shop in the world <laughs> like – down this one-way street, impossible to get your car into. <laughs> like just like the, the, an attendant comes out, they they don't have anything. <laughs> like it's just someone's the getting worst gobbed off in a shop. car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, someone's getting gobbed off in a car. It's uh, it's open right now. Let's go. And it was established in 1891. Oh my lord! And the can I just say the graphic design for this place? Uh, Mucho's good. Mm. What do you mean? The, the website. Yeah, the website the beautifully done. I haven't looked, and you can earn and points I, and, I and spend or for every one dollar spent at your local. So that tells me it's owned by like a big pub group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get the feeling too that this might be back. In, I don't know if St Kilda still attracts backpackers, but totally does. back then it still does. Yeah, so you'd always have like you'd never have the same bar staff any weekend. It would always be someone's in there for a week and then they're out for <laughs> a week. And so it was Fair great because they're always very confused. Like you would ask for the most simple like drink water and you'd see them like like desperately because they're not from Australia. They don't know what a Victorian bitter <laughs> is. They don't know what a Carlton draft is. And so like you see the panic on yeah, their no, face. Yeah, everyone's just told when laugh. they get off the plane like, go to Kilda. Why? <laughs> That's just the thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, just yeah. go there. Go to Kilda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, let's bring it geographically back to the same area because my last two uh, are, are right next to each other. So um, it's, it's an obvious one. I had to throw in one cliche, but Luna Park. Mm. I have a lot of affection for Luna Park and the surrounding, like I sort of consider like the palais mm, and beautiful. the palace and, and it's all the same Very nice. kind of area. I've had many great nights there. But Luna Park um, as a kid, because I didn't know that there were two Luna Parks and yeah. so there was that horrible fire that happened at the Sydney yes. Luna Park on, on the ghost train. And my in my head I was like, oh, that happened at my Luna Park. And so I used to go there as a kid and like look at – the go and just and hear the screams of like you know dying children coming from that ghost train and, and it just made that ghost train even more kind of yeah, scary when, yeah. I, when I'd ride it. I had my twelfth, no, I had my eleventh birthday party at Luna Park and it was the first party I'd had. Um, I think because I come from a big family, I got like eight siblings, oh, wow. and so we weren't allowed birthdays every year. It was like milestones. <laughs> Eleven, I clearly being one of them, or maybe it was my tenth birthday. I can't remember, but um. I had like 15 of my mates and my brother and my dad, you know, put all the kids into two cars, um, probably illegally, probably had kids sitting on kids' sure. laps and no mm. seatbelts and all that kind of shit. And when we got to Luna Park, my dad and my brother immediately lost all my friends. They all just bolted and they were freaking out. And so I was walking around with them trying to find my friends and we came around the corner and they were beating the shit out of some poor, like, ex-VCA actor who was taking a side gig as, like, the Luna Park mouse. Like, Every it was one of your 14, stories 10 year old. Kilda, Charlie. Just, and then someone the was died or came. <laughs> it was just, I remember, like, my, my dad having to, like, as if my friends were like rats, you know, like, get away from me, get away from me. Like, you have to go <laughs> in and get. clear them away from this poor actor, like in this giant mouse That's, that's the 90s Melbourne experience. I think the well, – I mean, my childhood was like, there's so much to do in Melbourne. There's Luna Park. 
There's Captain Cook's cottage. <laughs> um, and yeah. that was pretty much it, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There really isn't. Like, where else are you going to go? Have got, like, come by. You could go on that free tram around the city. Wobby's, Wobby's World, World out yeah, in uh, yeah. Nunawading on Springvale Road. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could go to Nunawading and just check out Ramsey yeah. Street. That was <laughs> always true. something we told people Which to you do. did for uh, 14 episodes, I see, on this IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got my P's on like a Monday and uh, mm. in 2007 and then the day after I had to drive to Neighbours and be an extra. Mm-hmm. Not had to. I was, yeah. you know, I was, I was like Stoked to be there. And I <laughs> drove there with a Melways and... Um, was one of the most harrowing fucking experiences <laughs> in my life going from Heidelberg to um, Nunawading on Spring. I thought I was, I think I ran a red light and like <laughs> panicked and like it was fucked up, man. And then I had to sit in it the background. It was such a weird studio. Yeah. Like you just would not, like it's, it's whatever the your impression of the glitz and glamour of yes, TV, this is the opposite. <laughs> like it's just this shitty 70s brown brick building. There's two lines. Like no cafeteria. There was two paint lines on the ground when you walk in. One was to Rove and one was to Neighbours and they were the two <laughs> pillars of fucking television in Australia. <laughs> I remember when I was doing Neighbours, at that time they had this um, thing where they would bring in like, you know, Australian musical acts and they would be playing at Lasseter's. <laughs> and so it was just like a little tie-in yes. with whatever record company that would deal with. And I remember turning up to work one day and seeing these two tiny little, I thought they were like 12-year-old girls getting out with all this luggage and, and I was like, oh, it must be like maybe they're actors or extras or whatever. <laughs> it was the Veronicas <laughs> <laughs> arriving from the Gold the Veronicas Coast. Veronicas have arrived in Nunawading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Have you got one more or two more? We, we, we get uh, One more. I think, is, is yes. that right? Has no, that, no one's been counting. One we more. don't do that here. Okay. And I just did quickly double check this before I jumped on um, and it does still exist. Uh, so right opposite Luna Park, behind the vineyard in fact, is an Indian restaurant called Balas. B-A-L-L. Which is B-A-L-A, B-A-L-A apostrophe S, Balas, mm. um, which is just like a, your old school Bay Marie oh. Indian food, butter chicken. Oh. You know, how do you want to split your three-way? You want veggies on this side, rice in the middle, and then, you know, butter chicken on the left-hand side. Great naan, great roti. That was an institution for me and my friends, especially during uni, because it was like, I think so I mean, back in the day, it was like seven or eight bucks. You could get your, you just get your little container and you pick your three elements. You don't even have to go rice if you don't mm. want them. I mean, rice fills you up, bro. Yeah, you can I just know. go half butter chicken, half like roast veggies or whatever. But we would get that, we'd sit in the park, and then try and get to the vineyard. That was that was me. That was me weekends for a long time. Do a whole time. episode and just talk about Indian food. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, food so, oh, so much. Good. And so like Bay Marie versus nicely fancy made mm. samosas. Yeah, spring rolls. Yeah. What do you get? What's your like yeah. if you're getting an extra? What do you? What's your order at at, at um Indian Tom? Me, mm. I get um rice, lamb korma, butter chicken, or tikka masala, mm. and then I get some apricot chutney and some garlic naan. What do you do? Sure. I love the beef vindaloo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also like a couple of samosas. Yep. Um, but to be honest, I worked at an Indian restaurant for a couple of months and I just love naan. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. there's just something about a fresh naan and when it's cooked in the traditional way where they sort of slap it on mm-hmm. the inside of a yeah. barrel. I, I said oh, this, it's so I said good. I Annie the other night. I was like, I think I just cooked pasta to eat the garlic bread. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, well, at our house, we're a bit different, right? Okay, because Indian is traditionally a vegetarian country. Mm, mm. And so my partner is a vegetarian. We'll, we will go only. So we'll do like an eggplant thing. Mm-hmm. 
And then yep. um, Malai Kofta. Have you had that? No. Where it's like the puffy it's dumplings old. with cheese in the middle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Is that Malai Kofta? Have I made that up? I've fucked it up. Alu Gobi. Cheese, right? These are words. Yeah. And then cheesy garlic naan. Mm. Mm. I think the cheese sounds like a simple belong, naan. Yeah. You don't like any garlic on yeah. it either. No, I just like a plain naan. I like a naan with a good, like to mop up, like a good sauce. Like a, if it's a good butter chicken yeah. or just something where you can just dip it in. I could, I could just eat naan bread with a sauce. That For me, be, I'd be more than happy the naan is the main attraction <laughs> and put as much shit on it as possible. What is the one with the cheesy dumplings in India? I'm going to look it up. I know this is not a good podcast anymore, but. <laughs> I think Braden hungry. I really, I, I'm going to have curry for dinner now because you, Malai Kofta. Yeah, it is. Malai, get uh. yourselves on the way home. <laughs> Can you say it like Kingy? Can you uh, like endorse it like Kingy day. would do it? When you're ordering your Indian food, you got to have Malai <laughs> Kofta. Great. A North- more outrage. You mean more breathless outrage about why more people aren't eating it. The more he gets in the sentence, the lower down he gets. Because that's how he thinks about the situation. Malai Kofta, fried paneer and potato dumplings swimming in a delicious tomato-based cream sauce. And at the end of the day, put my hands up and say, what are you doing down there? He says, you know what he says a lot? What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Don't you love it when he goes on a rant about protecting the head? He's like, are we serious about this or not? We're just playing fun. Look at this. These three weeks, he'll laugh at that. <laughs> won't, won't take it seriously. We've got to crack down on this. The AFL's just, they've got their heads in the they sand. In the sand Ironically, this. their heads are in the sand. They'll get concussion We're too. We're serious about this or not. In fact, <laughs> every time that they don't give someone long enough weeks, I'm going to go down myself and bash him. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, thank you for bring, taking oh. us through St Kilda. Pleasure. The team, the place, the Indian, the Malai Kofta, yeah. the neighbours, yeah. the, the home in a way. You are, this has been <laughs> the most Australian. I am, as I sit here, I'm listening to Powderfinger. <laughs> I'm looking out at the Aries Inlet in Melbourne. Mm. I'm, take, I'm yeah. going to go home and watch Rove. Mm. Hang up your clothes in a hill's hoist. Oh, thing, just go watch the latest news on the Iraq war. It's a simple time. <laughs> it's a simple, simple time. Uh, thank you, Charlie, so much for coming. You can catch Two Guys, One Cup on Tuesdays? Tuesdays, yeah. I don't know why. We're going to change that next year. And I can I ask <laughs> very quickly, why is your out. song um, the Hawthorne one? Uh, I think that was the cheapest one <laughs> I could get, pay, pay for the licence for, I wrote the lyrics for mm. it and, like, I, I knew what I wanted to say in the lyrics and then, I mean, Tom, I'm no musician. I'm, no, I'm not like you. I, this is all, <laughs> it's all guesswork for me. And then um, I paid a dude to sing it and there's a line in it, like a harmony of that shit house. Yes. And the guy, like, the, 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 the dude I'd paid to do it was like, mate, do you really want me to, like, do a four-part harmony on that shit house? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Please. And hurry up with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, thank you so much for coming on. What I learned very quickly is never look into the history of any of the songs or why teams are called the things they're called. <laughs> Just why? because every time racist, I go to racist. do it, Carlton, it was like full minstrel show. Someone was like, I was like, oh, why God. were Essendon not called the Bloods? Yeah. Someone, so we've, been, we've very rapidly received some of the most horrific, like, information oh. about why they're not called that. <laughs> yeah. Everything you oh. like about football has a dark history. Yeah. Not, no, no, when the Saints go marching in, it's a bloody gospel no. tune, mate. Like, when we the Saints are... go marching in, it's actually about child murder. <laughs> it's about marching <laughs> the Saints in to kill the children <laughs> while they sleep. But didn't you know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Charlie. 
Thank you. Bloody good yarns. Beautiful Wednesday yarns. Mm.